Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is Monday, April 1st, 2019. I would like to welcome you to the latest edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine's podcast, Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. I am Mark Zerianis, your host, editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and a third Don black belt in Taekwondo. Today we are fortunate enough to have a very esteemed historical figure and Taekwondo historian on the program, Grandmaster, Ninth Don, Gerard Robbins, the founder and president of the Taekwondo Hall of Fame. I've had the pleasure to run into Grandmaster Robbins over the years. Most recently, uh, our paths crossed at the funeral services for my late great-grandmaster, Hee Park, someone that Master Robbins was quite familiar with and tells some interesting stories about in our interview. So... That being said, I ask you to look out for our magazine, and I ask you to visit the website for Taekwondo Hall of Fame if you have any interesting artifacts, pictures, stories, or information that you can pass along to either myself or Master Robbins. They would always be much appreciated. Thank you, and enjoy. Fine. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you. So we're very fortunate today to have on a call a gentleman who is not only a part of Taekwondo history, but he's also a Taekwondo historian of sorts, and that is uh, Gerard Robbins, the founder and president of the Taekwondo Hall of Fame. So welcome, sir. I thank you for your time again. And uh, if you could take a moment to introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Gerard Robbins. And uh, uh, I'm a bit of a historian, uh, but more of a competitor back in the old days. I mean, I prefer to be considered a, a, a competitor. Uh, I started Taekwondo, uh, wow, way back in the uh, uh, very early 70s, probably late, let's see, maybe 70, 71. I, um, my brother actually had come back from Vietnam uh, in the late 60s, and he studied what he called Taekwondo in Vietnam. So uh, he said, I was a skinny kid at the time, you know, and he said, you know, you have to learn Taekwondo. You have to learn Taekwondo. I said, what's that? He said, it's Korean, Korean karate. At that time, uh, there were not too many Korean instructors in the United States, at least on the East Coast. And um, I, I was looking at books like Bobby Lowe's uh, Karate and Bruce Tegner. I guess everybody was at that time. And then the Bruce Lee series, the Bruce Lee series came along in the late 60s, and, uh, and that gained, uh, you know, my interest as well. But it was in 1971, I believe it was, I went to a Korean tournament in, uh, Richard Chun's tournament in New York, and I saw this, this man jump, he must have been seven feet, over six people, and threw multiple kicks, breaking several boards, and he did a knife form. And I tell you, I was just absolutely stunned. I was shocked, as, as was the audience. So after that, I walked up to him and said, sir, sir, what is your name? Uh, 
I, I, I is it possible I could study under you? You know, because my brother was telling me about uh, about taekwondo. I mean, the taekwondo was, my name is Duncan Park. My name is Duncan Park. You know, the English wasn't that good back in the day. And uh, uh, he says, yeah, my school is in Jersey City, and you can come up, uh, come up and train with me. Come up any time and train with me. So I, I, I went to the school. I mean, it's probably the, uh, I feel like I'm one of the most fortunate uh, persons in the world to have studied uh, under on, on Grandmaster Park. Um, at that time, we were we didn't have a lot of money. I could say I was poor, and and, that, and I told my like, I really couldn't afford the classes. I must have been 17 or so. And he said, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You just train, just train hard. Just train hard. That's what's most important. Just train. Let him put into speed. That's you know his English, his broken English. And uh, after a short period of time, uh, I was competing in national championships." Um, in 1972, I I'd, uh, actually uh, won the Pennsylvania State Championship. Uh, 1975, I was a member of the U.S. national team. It was the first national heavyweight, and and there were several several tournaments I competed in. I was fortunate enough to to not to get beat up too bad. I should say. In fact, I won I won quite a few. And That's a great under a great, yeah, great understatement in terms of your. Uh... Your, your your curriculum uh, vitae. You you have a very prestigious uh, and renowned record internationally. Uh, you know, it wasn't only Grandmaster Park that was there at the time. It was uh, Y J Chang, and also a gentleman named Yanni Park. Yanni Park and Yanni Park is uh, Master Park would tell me he's, he's the greatest national champion. He he told me how he would break people's bones when he would throw his front kick and and break bamboo, and they would travel back and forth to Japan and Korea. And, and uh, so I'm on the floor, and uh, Master Park says, yes, you too. I'd like to see Spar a little bit, you know. And uh, Yanni Park smiled at me. You know, he smiled at me, and he started throwing kicks that were unbelievable. I, you know, I he, he wasn't trying to hurt me. That was obvious, you know, because Master Park was telling no, 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 no. And then he would slow down, but I could almost feel the power in his kicks. You know, so he wasn't only a powerful man; he was a gentleman. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't try to hurt me. And uh, and that time I, I didn't have too much full contact experience the way they were they were training in in, um, in uh, Korea. So for me, uh, uh, the training with the Duncan Park Grandmaster Duncan Park and Yanni Park and Wajie Chang, it, it it was a tremendous experience, and and. There, Basics were the most important thing, and I think that's what I got out of the training most at that time. Basics, and what Monty Park would say, developing your, your strong spirit. Because in that school, let me just say this as well. Uh, back in those days, the schools were, um, Duncan Park School was a, a hard floor, hard brick floor. In the summer, it was extremely hot. In the winter, it was cold. And what Master Park used to always tell me, Grandmaster Park used to say, very important to train under the worst conditions because that's when you develop your spirit. That's when you develop. Because anybody can train when the weather's nice and they're feeling good. Um, and and you know his his teaching. Um, all I'd like to consider myself as been a champion. You know his teaching transcended sport. His teaching taught me uh, uh, growth as a human being, self control. You know self development. Uh, character, so on and so forth. And he was, he, he, to this day, he's a perfect example. Um, 
So that's that's basically my back my background with uh, in terms of a competitor. That's wonderful. That's wonderful, and we share a lot of the same. Uh, I started at a time that was also it was very difficult to find. Um, the, the martial arts schools in general, Taekwondo schools, weren't weren't prevalent. It was mostly taught by adults. Um, I had the, the 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 same type of training conditions. Certainly, was much more austere. Um, something to be said for that. And we share the, the 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 lineage of having trained under and spent time for me under grandmasters uh, Hyun He Park and Hyun Won Park, who who are the the Masters, grandmasters that I studied under, and still continue to study with Grandmaster Park. And obviously, you and I both share the uh, the great loss to personally into the community of uh, Grandmaster Kiani Park last week. And uh, I've been just amazed at the the tributes that have been paid and and the wonderful homage that's been paid, and and rightfully so and deservedly so to somebody who um, was a great competitor, a great teacher, and a great humanitarian, as you said, he was a great he was a great man with a fearful. He was he was terribly frightening, but yet he was terribly gentle at the same time. So, an unbelievable balance, very much like the study of Taekwondo. Let me let me share this with you. I, I remember uh, him as a fighter back in the days. Of, um, uh, I was, uh, but the past year or so when I when I visited him, I think they were giving me a trip and he was receiving a, an award from the president of Jitaquan. Uh There he was in his in his wheelchair. He, he was, you know, he wasn't doing too well. And it had been over 40 years since I'd seen him. He had seen me. And I walked up to him and I said, sir, do you remember me? He said, Jenny, of course. That's <laughs> As big as I am, and, and with all the, you know, marsh- it doesn't shock me at all that he that he remembered you. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great to have the opportunity to. That was a great event honoring his 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 life during his life and celebrating his life. So that was a really a special event. So I want to move on to talking about what you are most noted for today, and that is tell me about the foundations, the starting. Um, what was behind the impetus behind the starting of, and what is the Taekwondo Hall of Fame? Sure. Um, well, the Taekwondo Hall of Fame, back in, I would say, 19, uh, 1997, I created a website, uh, and I must admit, basically to preserve my history and uh, also to categorize the history of others who had competed during the early days. And I realized that there were so many other people who had done, you know, so many things. And with time passing, people were were forgetting about these people. And so what I did was I created the website. First, it was basically a website called Taekwondo Hall of Fame. Uh, about the same uh, domain name, taekwondohallofame.com. And I just listed masters, great instructors, um, great competitors, and, and with some of the history. And it grew from there. So then I thought, well, you know, why don't I why don't I take it to the next level? And what I did was in 19, well, sorry, in 2006, I actually trademarked Taekwondo Hall of Fame in the United States, and we had our first uh, ceremony in in uh, in the United States in 2007. And it wasn't really to um, applaud each other; it was basically to bring people together from all walks of life, from all um, organizations in Taekwondo, 
because we are one family. Uh, although some are IPF, WTF, we all share we all share the same basic history. And uh, a lot of people out there have fantastic history. And I thought it was a good idea for us to all to get together and using a group of uh, a committee. Uh, we we determined who would be awarded the Hall of Fame, uh, citation, or, or official induction. And so we had that first ceremony in the Shotgun Hotel, and it was spectacular. We had the very first U.S. team there uh, with Joe Hayes, Albert Chiefs, uh, Mark Warren, David Kim, the coach, June Reed, spokesperson wow. for the first one, uh, the first grandmaster, the active grandmaster uh, uh, that was uh, awarded induction was, of course, Grandmaster Duncan Park. But we had sure. we had champions and masters from all over the all over the world there, and it was a spectacular event. And it's and it's grown since then. We've expanded it to several different countries. We've had it since then um, in uh, Canada, and in 2011, I would say was would be our landmark event uh, because we held it in the, the World Taekwondo headquarters in Korea, and that's the first time the word Taekwondo Hall of Fame was even mentioned in Korea. So they didn't really know what it was then. Uh, so after it was over, uh, the, uh, I guess the Korean government, the Kuki one said, listen, we have to do something. We have to create some sort of a, a Hall of Fame. They haven't done it. They haven't done it. They've been trying, but they have not done it yet. Uh, part of the reason is because of the trademark. But sure. the, long, the long and short of it is we, we, we continue to grow. We've had it in several countries since then, in, in Iran, in uh, Croatia, in Russia. Um, in Dominican Republic, and um, the next ceremony actually will be this August, this coming August, in uh, in the Athene Hotel in Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand, which incidentally was where Duncan Park introduced uh, Taekwondo in the early 70s. So we're really looking forward to that, to that event, and the uh, interest that we get from all over the world from, from the Masters are, is, is, is tremendous. So it will be a wonderful event. Hopefully you can make it. That, that that sounds wonderful. I, I would I would love the opportunity, and we'll certainly talk more about it. Now, you and I had spoken previously, and you had indicated to me uh, that the full slate of who the inductees uh, are going to be at that event has not been fully publicized at, at this point. Is that correct? That that is correct. We do have several uh, names that we that we've decided to induct. Um, well, first of all, let me explain something else. A lot of people think that it's, it's me, Jerry Robbins, the, the sole owner, the sole person that's doing all, all of this work with the Taekwondo Hall of Fame. So, and it's been referred to sometimes as a one-man one show, but it's actually not. You know, uh, The Taekwondo Hall, uh, Hall of Fame is an international organization, and we have, um, uh, national, we have regional directors, regional and, and continental directors, and just, just to name a few of them. We have in uh, Europe, we have Svetlana Kanagazic. In Africa, General Ahmed Fowley, who is a member of the World Taekwondo Federation Executive Council. Uh, Sir Jose Cornelia, uh, Caribbean director. Grandmaster Porfilio Alvarez, who is our Central and South America uh, director uh, covering WT, that's World Taekwondo. Oswaldo Rios Olivero, he's our ITF um, South America representative. Mohimar Apologard, South East Asia Director, Mahmoudou Islam Rana, he's the South Asia Director, Hassan Iskander Oceana, Michael Daha Oceana ITF, 
Bong Sing Hong, he's all military, and we have a, we also have a French Polynesia um, representative. In the United States, just a few were George Somersault, Mitchell Grubrow, who was a fantastic fighter in the 60s. He and Chuck Norris had some incredible uh, matches. And uh, more recently, Tai Young Kim, one of the highest-ranking grandmaster females in, in the world. So besides those people, we have also national directors. The names are too, too Bollywood to, to get into, but uh, we have over 65 um, uh, uh, national directors from different countries. So that's, that's our makeup, and, and what we do is we get impressive. together a committee, and, we, and we, uh, we determine who's going to be inducted, who's going to receive a citation. It's two separate categories. That's very impressive, and it's a and it's a broad spectrum of coverage, so that it is, as you said, uh, universal, not just limited to one quan or one style or one lineage. And that's great, and that's I think that's always important from the standpoint of the integrity of it as a Taekwondo Hall of Fame, and not simply a um, you know, one one agency Hall of Fame, and 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 in terms of main, maintaining its independence, which is certainly important. Tell me about the the the, the greatest challenges that you think you've faced in the development of the Taekwondo Hall of Fame, and and the greatest challenges that you face now. You know, something that that has been or is difficult um, to address or to deal with in in running this type of an international. Historical foundation. So one of the most difficult part was trying to determine how to get the information from all over the world from these various people uh, that have that have contributed significantly to, to, to Taekwondo, and um, so it was very difficult to get the staff that we had. We had to pick the the, the best of the best, the most knowledgeable people in all fields and all major federations. And uh, after some time, we successfully. I believe we have successfully done that. And uh, um, now um, one of the challenges that we have is to honor as many people as we can who, who deserve honor, but that's very difficult because there's so many countries and so many people have done so many things. So sometimes we'll honor somebody and someone else will say, well, why not me or why not that person or why not that person? Uh, so what we, we what I I tell our technical advisors and our directors, you know, we're non-political. If so, if there are some merit that a person should be recognized, we we, we use a strict uh, uh, criteria to go by that um, in terms of awarding someone either induction or cite or citation, and we we just be as fair as we possibly can and non-political as we can. So one of the biggest challenges is covering covering um, as much of the, the world as we we can the corners of the world where there's Taekwondo practice that people don't even know about. You know where we discovered the the founder in Senegal, the founder in Hungary, the first Taekwondo play, uh, a champion in this country or that country. Um, uh, but you know it's, it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing battle. But we we do we do the best we can, and and, and I believe our staff works diligently to be fair and uh, non-political. That's great, and it's so important because I don't think that anyone else is really actively doing it. I think most people preserve history in their own lineage. For me, I can go back and tell you the lineage of the YH Park um, family, the YH Park, uh, um, the G, you know, to the Jidaquans um, that relate to to Jidaquan and relate to Grandmaster Park's training and what came before him and what's come since. But you're the only person I know of that's doing an integrated 
historical preservation. And I think as as we age out and we start to see some of the the, the great elders like Grandmaster Kiani Park um, moving on from this world, I think it'll be so important that your work is 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 going to help to preserve um, the stories that really we need in order to preserve the tradition. So that I, I'm, I'm excited about, about what you're doing. It's one of the reasons why we're talking today. Um, talk to me about funding because, you know, everybody, everybody faces funding challenges. Is, um, is finances, is funding an issue for you in keeping the organization going and growing? Well, I, I've worked for the past 34 years as a, uh, an investigator uh, with, uh, with the state and I've supported the organization for the most part my, myself. However, when we do have ceremonies, um, it's, it's self-supported. That is, the, the people who are, in, who are being inducted, we request that they make a contribution, and that goes toward the expenses of the event itself. So it's self-supporting in that aspect. Um, but uh, uh, most of it, I mean, we will, we ha we will eventually probably uh, have a book that would probably uh, help support what we do. But it's, it's basically self-supported this time. And in, in, a, in a way, that's good because with, with uh, um, support, uh, corporate support, then sometimes politics gets involved. And sometimes they want to make decisions. But the way we have it uh, is the way we're, we're, we're keeping it the most fair and most consistent. But uh, I mean, if there's anyone out there who wants to contribute, we're happy to receive it. But uh, uh, right now, we're, we're, um, we're self-supporting. Okay, that's wonderful. And that leads into me asking, if somebody wants to find out more about the Taekwondo Hall of Fame, how would they, what would be the best way for them to, to find out more about it and to get in, in contact with, with you? Okay, we have a website, of course, called TaekwondoHallofFame.com. Um, then we also have a Facebook page. It's, uh, it's under my name, but... You'll see very little of me, and you'll see our official logo, and uh, and then it'll and it'll give the history and and show images of the events that we've had, and people can make comments and contact uh, contact me through the uh, through the messenger system. Um, so that's uh, and you can find out the information about the events as well uh, through, through those uh, through those areas. Wonderful, great. Now I understand that you have a unique distinction. Uh, if I am correct, if I'm incorrect, you can correct me, but of being the first and perhaps only African descent ninth ninth don issued by awarded by the Kukiwan. Is that correct? Well, well, actually, I'm the very first uh, person from Africa with African descent to receive a ninth dan from Korea from either Kwan or from the Kukiwan itself. So oh that's, wow! It's, oh, it's. it's it's a tremendous, tremendous honor, um, uh, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud, and I can only thank uh, uh, Grandmaster Park uh, for that. Uh, it's wonderful, as well as uh, the presence of Sung Wan Lee, the presence of Jida Kwan. But that, that's a tremendous distinction that I, 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 I really enjoy having, and I'm honored. I'm honored to have that distinction, and I'm sure there will be others um, after me. I have no doubt about that. Well, you're a great uh, forerunner for that because it's uh, your your reputation procedures. So it certainly is is uh, considered to be well well earned and well deserved. So um, let let me ask you something else that we had spoken about, and I think you have a great perspective on you. You've been around in and around Taekwondo and the martial arts for 
quite some time. And I think for people that are young, I have young children that are training and people that are younger that have gotten into it, um, they may not have perspective as it relates to where we've come from. What do you see as being the, or one of the great distinctions or the greatest distinction between when you started training and training today or Taekwondo practice today as opposed to at that time? Well, there, there are two aspects. If you're talking about the schools, the teaching in the schools themselves, or if you're referring to the sport, that's, that's, that's something different. With the school, I mean, back in the day, I guess when you were training, there weren't as many, there weren't carpets, there weren't, uh, the, the accommodations weren't as plush as they are today. No, for, and certain, for sure. The training was extremely, extremely hard. I, I remember uh, almost on a daily basis, I would be exhausted after taking the class, and Grandmaster Park would say, where are you going, Jerry? There's another class to take. And then after that class, I'd be walking, up, where are you going, Jerry? Come here, bring the chair. you got to keep over the chair. And uh, he would say, very important your speed is very important your speed is. And I catch your head with the glove. Boom, boom, very important. Are you tired? You know? And, you know, it, 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 that was a great experience, and I, and I think it helped me a lot throughout my life in terms of uh, developing uh, 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 self-confidence and determination and stamina, mental stamina and physical stamina. As I said, his, his training uh, transcended sport. It, 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 it was part of developing the growth of a human being. Now, today, as you know, many of the schools are plush. Everybody's got carpet or padding. And it, it, a lot of schools are, are, are training their students hard. But it, I don't believe it's as – I haven't seen as much traditional training as it was in the past. In fact, today a lot of it tends to be uh, sport. And I've also seen a lot of it where some of the schools are basically just, day, you know, daycare, daycare, daycare centers where kids come in and have fun. But it's a different right. time. It's a different time. That was a different time. Uh, back when I was coming up, the emphasis was on, on particularly with some of the Korean instructors and developing champions. And, um, uh, and, and, and in that regard, I mean, uh, that's one of the other things that also helped me. I mean, we had competitors that were fantastic back then, and we learned from each other, like Pat Worley, Gordon Franks, Mike Warren, Albert Cheeks. I can go on, William Oliver, Jeff Smith. These guys, Daniel Riche from Canada. I mean, these were the top of the top, young you, and we would fight each other, and we would learn from each other. We brought each other to a higher level. You know, it's, it's amazing. Um, I mean, the females, Marcia Hall, 78 people have never heard of her name, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Texas Hall has, has focused on. Some of the, the female players, Sonny Graff, these two females won uh, the pre-world games and the um, Chinese Invitational Championship since 1970. 1978, led by Tai Young Kim from California. No one even heard of these, these, these girls, they were, but they were fantastic. And that was during a period of time when Asia really ruled. I mean, these women dominated. It was, it was an amazing period of time, uh, even for the female competitors. That's great. That's great. Such a great, such a great perspective. Um, and I would like to leave you the opportunity to, um, to close with anything that you'd like to um, let our readers know. Um, you know, uh, I, we, we, we do share the, the fact that our magazine, your organization, is um, global and it crosses over uh, any particular um, Taekwondo organization. So we're read in 137 countries and growing. 
you're international. So um, you, we have, you have a great forum to speak to the Taekwondo community. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Well, in addition to encouraging people to continue to, to read Taekwondo Life magazine, which is wonderful, and uh, uh, I'd like to just tell people that uh, it's Taekwondo, again, we're all one family, regardless of what federation or organization we belong to. Well, our sources are all the same. You know, that, that, that woman or, or man on the other side that's practicing WTF and your ITF is your brother and sister, and vice versa. You know, uh, we have to respect each other no matter what Dan level we are, what belt color we are. We're all one, one family. And, you know, that's one of the, the differences between Taekwondo and other martial arts like MMA. We have that respect. We bow. We have the belt system. They, they, they're just basically fighters, you know. And this is what di differentiates us from many of these other martial arts. So, um, so I'd like to say just continue to train hard, whether it's style or whatever system, system you're in, and reach out for other people in your other organization. Follow us. Follow us. Follow the Hall of Fame. You'll learn a lot about Taekwondo all over the world. Follow, and as, as I said, Taekwondo Life magazine, and you'll, and you'll learn a lot. So and it's an honor for me to have been interviewed by, by uh by this magazine, and hopefully we can we can uh, we can share more information in the future. Absolutely, and we'll be we'll, we'll be um, putting all the information up together with the podcast and the post, and we'll be linking to um, your website so people will be able to easily navigate from our site to yours. Um, and in conclusion, I, I I wanted to just thank you again for your patience and for talking to me, and I know that we will be speaking much more in in the future days. And uh, I, I again thank you very much, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.